Welcome to episode 462 of Salcedo Paranormal, and tonight I am covering paranormal news. As always, if you want to find all episodes of the show, along with links to social media and other ways to contact me, you can visit the podcast page, and that is salcedoparanormal.podbean.com. That's S-A-L-S-I-D-O paranormal.podbean.com. Always happy to hear from you all, whether you have comments or questions or topic suggestions. Or stories of paranormal experiences, whether they're your own or from others that you trust. Happy to either read those or have you join me on the show to talk about them. Thank you all for listening. Whether you are here for the live streams in Discord, or you listen to the podcast or YouTube feeds, or if you hear the show on the Trouble Minds Radio Network, KUAP Digital Broadcasting, there you can hear two replays of the shows, uh, random, every night. At uh, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right before Trouble Minds Radio comes on. I always want to thank Michael Strange, host of Trouble Minds Radio, as well as Liam Martin, host of the Exile Minds podcast, for producing the show and putting it up on the station. If you'd like to support the show, there are some different ways to do that. You can always share the show with others, and, uh, and or um, rate and review the show on your podcast platform of choice. I have written some paranormal fiction and nonfiction books you can check out over on Amazon. Also, if you would like one extra episode of the show per month, possibly, probably more in the future, uh, you can join the Patreon page uh, at any uh, membership tier there, and uh, you'll get those extra episodes. Uh, or if you'd like to just make one-time donations, you can do that through PayPal and Venmo. And... Uh, all those links can be found in uh, the episode descriptions and uh, basically in all the pages for the podcast. Um, so um, help is never expected, but always appreciated. If you like the show to keep on getting better, uh, that would help. Um, because there are expenses in terms of equipment and research materials and travel. Uh, I'll be going to the Mid-Michigan Paracon this year, November, November 4th and 5th. That's a Saturday and Sunday. Uh, and that is at the, uh, what do you call it? I forget now. Uh, Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. There we go. Uh, that's in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. And I will be there um, doing recordings of my, myself, just uh, on thoughts on the topics of everything. And uh, and then, of course, if anyone else that is there wants to be recorded uh, with their own thoughts and our experiences, I'll do that. And then share all that on the show once I get back home. So um, looking forward to that and hopefully doing that every year uh, whenever possible from now on. Um, but like I said, there are expenses to all that, so any help would be appreciated. Um, I think that takes care of everything. I've already put all the um, links that I'll be using for this show today uh, in the show notes and sources channel on Discord and my server. And I will include the links uh, to those these stories uh, in the episode descriptions as well. So uh, that way you can check them all out and get more of the details that uh, that uh, whatever I miss and then just the whole articles themselves. So I think that covers everything. And uh, so let's get to the news here and go from there. So um, this first one is from knue.com. Title, uh, title reads... 
what a fright. This is the most haunted place in the state of Texas. And this is, uh, sorry about the car alarms you may be hearing in the background there. Uh, this is um, about the Baker Hotel. And uh, that's in Mineral Wells, Texas. Uh, it opened in in the early 1900s, just before the Great Depression. But uh, it uh, thrived in the 1930s and 40s due to a nearby military base, as well as celebrity guests, uh, such as Judy Garland and Clark Gable. Uh, the hotel fell into decline in the 1950s and permanently closed in the seven, early 70s. Uh, and it sat abandoned for decades, but that's, um, I think that's part of when the story started about it, there being paranormal activity going on there. Um, so, the most famous involved the ghost of a lady in white. Uh, other claims include spirits of, uh, the apparitions of Bonnie and Clyde, the famous, um, couple that, uh, are known as, as criminals, um, but uh, they're seen in one of the rooms. Also, dozens of spirits present just in general in the abandoned hotel. But the hotel is currently undergoing major renovations to restore it to its former glory. And it will have to see if the paranormal activity will continue once it opens. I kind of have to think that um, if it's been there before, if it's been there before the renovations will only sort of keep that going and or stir it up. So, um, some are, are eager to visit the restored hotel, uh, while others would rather not, uh, because of the reputation as one of the most haunted places in Texas. So, um, and I'm not sure if we've covered this place before, but, uh, that's just a brief article on the location, and I'm sure it may, um, it may pop up again as more things start to happen there. So I always like to check up on these uh, places, these giant hotels, and anywhere that you have people staying for uh, long periods of time. I think uh, more than just like one night or whatever, I think there's going to be a lot of activity going on there. So, um, so I thought that was in the article as well. So moving on to the next one here. Uh, this one is from, let's see here. Did I lose my spot? I think I got it. Okay. This one is from 604now.com. Title reads, one of British Columbia's most haunted places is an abandoned sanitarium. Torium, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sanatorium. So this is about the... Um, the Tranquil Sanatorium in Kamloops, I'm not sure I'm saying that right, British Columbia. Uh, it was a, uh, TB, a tuberculosis treatment facility built in the early 1900s during an epidemic of that disease. Over, uh, 1,500 people passed away there in the early 1900s. So, um, it's a large abandoned building with underground tunnels that is considered to be creepy. Some believe 
Spirits of former patients and staff haunt the grounds. Uh, it operated as a TB hospital until the um, almost basically the late 1950s, 1950s, almost 1960, and then a me- mental health facility until 1983, so early 1980s. And uh, it was briefly a detention center before closing in the 1990s. So you have a lot of different kinds of um, experiences going on there, I guess, with people that are staying there for different reasons. The site has been used for filming movies in recent years. Uh, there have also been plans for a resort development. I, always, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, but that project is uh, seems to be on hold. I always wonder about that because if you're going, going to do that to a location with so much history, it seems like a good way to just have all kinds of paranormal activity there going on um, that might continue while the hotel is there, which is another place that will, that can possibly draw activity. But anyway, local legends say ghosts linger from its years as a sanatorium where uh, many passed away. The true history of um, suffering at the facility creates an eerie atmosphere. So um, some people consider the place to be active as a paranormal site, but others say um, the real history is more important. I think it's sort of um, it's good to take in all the information as much as possible. But, um, but let me see here. So that's definitely the I think it's again hand, it goes hand in hand with each other. The history of the place can make it seem creepier than maybe it really is. I don't know for sure on that, but um, but this is uh, so there are still plans, but there's nothing really major being done with it as of now. So uh, the future of the site remains uncertain. So, but I wonder um, what some more like the local stories are about the area and. Uh, I, I think um I think I talked about this a little while back. There's the I don't think there has to be conscious entities in a location for it to feel creepy or for it to feel old. I think there can just be energy. There's an alley right here in town right my town where I live that um has a feeling of that, of it basically being there being sort of just layers of time uh existing all in one spot and uh it's just this one little alleyway, but it's I always get an odd feeling whenever I happen to walk through it or by it. So um, I don't doubt that's a possible thing that could happen there. But um, so moving on to the next article here. This one is from 12news.com. Title reads, The, the Ghost in Gilbert High School and Other Weird Things... Valley police officers have encountered. Now, this one is amazing to me because some of the the things that basically people um, people in that law enforcement industry have to or field have to deal with a lot, just in terms of of um, non paranormal things. But there are so many stories if you look around online, you can find of people in in that field in those various first responder fields. Uh, having experiences they can't explain. So, um, 
there's a presentation that uh, was made or being being made um, in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, the title of the presentation was uh, Real Encounters When Law Enforcement Meets the Unknown. So, former officers, um, just I'll use the first names, Marianne and Dave, spoke about paranormal uh, cases and exper- uh, experienced by law enforcement. Uh, Arizona is considered a hotspot for UFOs and unexplained phenomena. That is definitely, um, that's, that's, I've heard that so much. There's been a famous, uh, basically, um, the Phoenix Lights, that's a case in the late 90s there, of reports of sightings of, um, all kinds of lights and, and <clears throat> shaped craft in the sky there. So, um... One of the cases, or the things that, um, basically the stories or experiences that was told in this presentation was a possible spirit calling 911 from inside a uh, high school, and but security footage showed no one at the phone. So that is amazing. Um, and barring any kind of, depending on how far back this is, there's, um... There's other stories similar to that where the, the phone, there isn't even a phone in a location and there's just the line and yet the, the um, stations will still get calls from those lines. So that doesn't surprise me much in a way. Uh, many officers f- uh, fear ridicule for speaking up about paranormal cases which often go uh, unsolved. So these uh, officers are part of a group called UAPPD, an organization for law enforcement to share strange stories confidentially. And I, I love that idea. So um, the goal is to give uh, police a safe space to discuss paranormal encounters they cannot otherwise explain through official channels. So um, these former officers aim to show that these types of experiences or events are more common and and um then most realize and so i like that a lot about that uh this group that's doing this and had that presentation i think that's um a really good thing to do so i hope that continues and uh that it keeps getting bigger and better and um only only draws in more people as far as both officers and other people interested in all these topics um as time goes on to sort of help uh, bring this up in more um, serious ways without the ridicule, so. Neat article there, for sure. Um, so let's see here. So yeah, that's that article. So I guess I can go on to the next one here. And uh, let's see here. This one is from the-sun.com. Title reads... Scientific Explanations for Why We See Ghosts From Sleep Paralysis, Hallucinations to Home Invader Theory Um, This is... At first I saw this, I saw this in several places and I wasn't going to cover it because of sort of this... um, seemed like a bias from what I was seeing in... Wow, airplane. uh, In How to Explain the Paranormal Away but um, and but then I started thinking, well, 
obviously not every situation uh, that seems weird or, or frightening or um, that seems unexplainable, not every one of those may be that. There may be reasons for things um, in some cases. So I thought it'd be important to go over this article here uh, just to sort of give people options as to possible ways to explain things that happened to them and uh, just so that uh, you can all sort of take this um, information and if it seems to fit your experiences or others' experiences, then keep these things in mind as maybe what was going on there. While still, I think it's important to leave room for the paranormal to be there because I do think it exists. But anyway, so as you can tell, this article kind of uh, um, got my attention and and I wanted to talk about it. So um, this is basically a series of explanations as to alternate explanations uh, as to what is going on there. And of course, the first one that is mentioned is sleep paralysis. Hallucinations brought on by the brain entering REM uh, sleep, that's rapid eye movement, I believe, while the body is paralyzed can lead to visions of ghosts or other beings. Uh, it's a common explanation. And um, I'm just going to go through these, and you all can sort of figure out for yourselves what you think of all this. Um, next one, of course, is mold. Uh, it says a statistical link has been found between mold in certain locations and reports of hauntings. Mold toxicity may induce hallucinations. Um, pareidolia, this, that's the next one here. The tendency of the brain to perceive images in random patterns. People may, in quotation marks here, see ghosts in the dark or obscure surroundings. Um, next one here I'm not sure about, but um, I guess I can understand where they're coming from. Uh, prior beliefs. If someone believes a place is haunted, yeah, okay, I guess I can kind of see this. They are more inclined to interpret events as paranormal happenings. And I would say yes and no. Not everyone is going to automatically think uh, or take it for granted that reports of a place being haunted means it's haunted, I don't think. Um, at least I would hope that people would be able to think sort of um, on their own, be smart enough to sort of take that those claims and see what happens and keep all that separate. Uh, but anyway, it says context and suggestion uh, play a role. So I guess I kind of agree, but also, um, yeah, anyway. Um, it says medical conditions. Uh, mental illnesses like schizophrenia, which can cause hallucinations and delusions, are linked to paranormal beliefs. Uh, drug use also induces hallucinations. Um, okay, varied experiences. Uh, not all ghost sightings can be neatly explained. Experiences range from sensing presences to seeing apparitions of strangers or deceased loved ones. So that one there, <clears throat> um, I guess they're trying to say there's could be various factors together um, put together to make experiences, so I can kind of see that, I guess. Um, but um, just a 
sort of maybe a little list there of things to consider whenever there's anything weird going on. Um, before, before, um, if you can't, I can't talk tonight. Just things to consider, and then if you feel like none of those match, then maybe it is a real paranormal experience. I also think that um, there are some times when things happen and you just, it's not a matter of knowing in your, your mind. It's more of a matter of sort of sensing or feeling or there being emotions that uh, come up and, and or just be, being able to sense an intelligence in an area as well. But um, anyway, so that's that uh, article there. And uh, so I just want to share that. And um, so you all have that to look at. So. Um, all right. So this next one is from Woods. Or no, WoodTV.com. W-O-O-D-TV.com. The title reads, UFO sightings are more common in Michigan. Than you may think. So, and of course, I it's caught my attention because I do live in in Michigan. Um, so it says the um, summary here says the National UFO Reporting Center, also known as New Fork, I believe, has collected over 170,000 reported UFO sightings, I guess, in Michigan since uh, 1974. Maybe, or maybe they just mean total. They don't seem in Michigan, so. Either way, that's a lot of sightings. In 2023 alone, there have been approximately 7,000 reports nationwide. So that must be, 174 must be nationwide. Um, so there have been approximately 7,000 reports in 2023 alone, with 60 reports from Michigan. These uh, increased after recent congressional hearings on potential classified UFO info. So, and I, that's one good thing I think that comes from all of that is maybe more people will report these things as, as they happen or as they remember them from before. Common Michigan reports involve glowing spheres rapidly moving through the sky. A June 2022 report in Bad Axe claimed F-16s were dogfighting a UFO. Um, another claim is that uh, Hubbardston in July of 22, there was a, a UFO being chased by, uh, an, or escorted by a helicopter. So, um, mentions that this organization posts all reports online, though hoaxes are, um, removed. And I'm guessing there's still probably some that get through in any organization. Um, but, uh, so let's see here. These are also, they point out, which is a good point that these are just um, reports of sightings of UFOs, not necessarily um, aliens. That's the, the the two words don't mean the same thing, or two things don't mean the same thing necessarily. Estimates suggest that one in five Americans have seen something unexplainable in the sky, and this group, New Fork, encourages people to report sightings to continue building uh, documentation. So, um, so yeah, neat article there about the whole topic of strange things seen in the sky and uh, organizations that go into uh, to looking into these things. So, which I think is um, really important there. So, um, God, I skipped an article here. I didn't realize that. But uh, 
that um that will have to be it for today thank you all for listening and i will talk to you all on the next episode of salcedo paranormal take care